0: This is LMFM's 11 to 1. Sinead Brazel here. Good morning. Hope you're keeping well. Rest assured, there's going to be no B word here on this show. Okay, so let's have a little breather. Kick back, relax. Here's Aslan. Oh, it's crazy world we're living in. Aslan kicking us off this morning. Hope you're keeping well. Sinead Brazel here with you. You can get in touch 086 1800 658. That's it. There's going to be no more. B words, okay, for the next little while on this show. There's a lot of negativity out there. You need a breather. You're bombarded with all of it. And there's only one thing for it. When there's all that negativity going on, you need a distraction. I have found the most amazing distraction on YouTube this morning. And I'm going to play you a little bit of it. And I guarantee you're going to be in better form after you hear it. It's simple, really. Uh, And something that we all kind of should, you know, remember. It's all about the simple things in life. And who better to teach us than babies? I have found uh, basically a compilation of babies laughing hysterically at random things. And it's just the most amazing heartwarming thing. Here's a little taster of it. <laughs> this child is just in hysterics at his mom making like a strange noise or ripping up a page. It's just brilliant. It's what I need. <laughs> you need to see it as well for ultimate cuteness this is what I'm all about the today I'm not going to pay any attention to anything else that's going on in the world right now I need just distraction babies laughing on YouTube if you're having a bad day I highly recommend it
2: let's go there's
0: George Ezra Budapest and LMFM's 11 to 1 lots of messages on 86 1800 658 I love babies laughing it's so good for you to listen to them more of it please I love the advert in LMFM they've a little fellow that has an, a laugh in the ad I need to track that down I need to track that one down. and I'm trying to think of which ad that might be if you're having a bad day ever I'm just going to have a pledge now on the show if you're having a bad day ever all you have to do is just send me in you know even a baby emoji and I'll play that video for you okay that is my pledge if you're having a bad day I will dig it out. I will dig out the babies laughing again. Now, speaking of babies, and if you have babies and you're at home um, with babies, uh, Mams.ie are hosting a parent and baby friendly screening of See How They Run. It's on tomorrow, Wednesday, 28th of September in the Arc Cinema in Drogheda at 11am. And I'm extremely jealous of this. I would love to be going to this. So, you know, if you're dying to get out of the house to do anything and you have a small baby at home, And you're thinking, well, I can't go to the cinema and enjoy a film because the child's going to be, you know, making noise or whatever. Well, you can in this very special screening. So, Mam Study, you're hosting this happening tomorrow at 11. And it's to go and see, see how they run. This is, looks really, really good. It's Sam Rockwell and Saoirse and It uh, tells the story of a desperate Hollywood film producer who sets to turn a popular play into a film when members of the production are murdered. World-weary Inspector Stoppard and rookie Constable Stalker find themselves in the midst of a puzzling who done it. It looks really, really good. So, mums, dads, babies get out there and go to the screening on uh, tomorrow in the Arc Cinema and they are mad keen to get back to events now that things are back up and running so Mamsadi are running that for you tomorrow in Arc Cinema. Now back to today and the present moment and I have a quandary. It's a popular problem, I'm hoping. That people face. But you know, as an adult in her mid 30s, 38 is still mid 30s, I'm going to say, I have a very big problem when it comes to a certain task when I'm in the car. I'm going to tell you all about this just after these. 11 to 1. Sometimes I feel like I just don't know how to adult. You know what I mean? Like, do you ever look at other people who are the same age and you just watch in amazement as they, you know, perform everyday tasks effortless, effortless, effortlessly? Effortlessly! <laughs> I can't even speak today. <laughs> you should be able to do these things, but you just can't. And there are, you know, I'm going to say quite a few things as an adult woman in her mid-30s uh, that I should be able to do and I can't. On top of that list is the dreaded parallel parking like I can reverse into a spot no problem right but when it comes to parking on the street forget about it unless I'm going to be able to drive straight into it and there's enough room to park 15 double decker buses then I'm not going in near it like so I (laughs) I found myself quite the predicament the other evening I needed to park on the street and there were like no other spaces at all. It was raining as well. And even as I approached the parking space, I just started sweating. I turned the radio off because who can park with a radio on? Not me, you know. Uh, There's nobody around. So I just thought, okay, just let's go through this step by step. Okay, let's go up to the car in front. Let's reverse slowly, slowly. All I can say is that I ended up pretty much in the middle of the road. There was twisting and of the steering wheel like an Aegis in each direction. I almost hit a pillar as well. Then, of course, to add to the stress, cars started to arrive behind me wanting to get past. I cut out. (laughs) Like, I cut out the car. I'm driving 12 years, by the way. More, I'd say, at this stage. So... I was absolutely pumping sweat at this stage and after what seemed like the 15 millionth attempt I gave up, drove off and tried not to think about the car behind me who, no doubt, was laughing so much and then effortlessly parked into the spot that I could not park in I kid you not I mean... I had to try pretty much park miles away from where I wanted to go. I was mortified this like. what? Why do we do? like? It's a brain fart, I'm going to say, when it comes to parallel parking particularly. I can't get my head around it. I can't be the only one. There has to be other people out there that can't parallel park. <laughs> Please be with me in this. Is there anyone out there you just find it incredibly difficult? Have you been in a scenario like me, where you're just sweating as people are up behind you trying to get by. I can't be alone. 086-1800-658 800 <laughs> Dermot Kennedy something to someone. I've just gotten off the phone to my lovely colleague Paddo Shocknessy and <laughs> I can only describe he, he he's basically told me how to parallel park over the phone and I can only describe it, it literally was just like I, I wasn't even fully it was making my brain hurt Hearing him trying to explain how to parallel park. My uh, message is coming in. Ashenade, ah, how have you a licence at all? I, do you know what I mean? I ask myself this all of the time. Maybe the instructor or the examiner just felt sorry for me that that day. He was very chatty as well, actually, my examiner. So maybe he just wasn't paying attention. I don't know. But the thing is, you don't have to parallel park in the test anymore. Luckily, you have to reverse around the corner, which was another Issue for me, but you know, I got the license. Happy days, uh, Sinead. I have to say, I do get a bit nervous. Parallel parking, slow and steady is the key. Well, you see, yeah, I, I do try the slow and steady approach, but um, doesn't work. Does not work. I think my brain just goes into panic mode. I hear you, Sinead, and uh, <laughs> how opening the window and turning off the radio will make it easier. Opening the window does nothing, doesn't it? does nothing to help the endeavor at all turning the radio off is just so you can be silent because you can't be listening to whoever's talking on the radio when you're uh, when you're trying to parallel park I all tips by the way and help is greatly appreciated from you know pros people who know how to parallel park oh86 one six658 Laura Isabor, Shine on LMFM's 11 to 1, just getting handed this notice. The emergency services are attending the scene of a collision in the centre of RD. It happened in the Castle Street, Market Street area around half ten this morning. So initial reports are suggesting that a pedestrian and vehicle were involved traffic diversions are in place. The road is expected to remain closed for some time and we will update you on that issue as we get more information on that. But hopefully... Everybody is okay who is involved in that. Now, I'm moving to my first guest this morning, and this is just such a lovely fundraising idea. And I came across this lady last year. It was around Easter time when she was leaving books, uh, children's books around the local area for kids to find kind of around Easter, kind of like an Easter hunt idea. And she is very much somebody who's passionate about putting books in the hands of children. And last year, through some very generous donations, she managed to raise over a thousand euro, which ended up uh, help helping uh, the uh, Drogheda Women's uh, Women's and the Children's Refuge. So she basically got lots of books for them for their playroom project. Now she's hoping to do this fundraiser again, and she's looking for our support. She set up a GoFundMe so far for this, and uh, donations are trickling through. I'm going to be chatting to Vicky Gregory all about this fundraiser just after these. Eleven to one. Oh, one of the most precious gifts you can give a child is the joy of reading. And my first guest is really passionate about getting books into the hands of children. Last year, she managed to raise over a €1,000 to source books for the Playroom Project at Drada Women and Children's Refuge. Now she's hoping to raise funds again, putting an emphasis on getting books, games and puzzles for children for Christmas, as well as for the Playroom Project itself. She's looking for our support and she set up a GoFundMe page. I'm delighted to have independent usborn book partner Vicky Gregory on on the line. How are you getting on, Vicky? Hi, how are you, Sinead? Are you having a good morning? I'm having a great morning. Now, you are a woman with a couple of superpowers. The first superpower you have is you're able to parallel park, apparently,
2: Oh yeah, easily, every time. I do it when it's not even necessary, you know.
0: <laughs> At all. Vicky, me and you have to have a chat about this after the show. But the <laughs> the other superpower you have is you can get lots of lovely Usborne books uh, for people, uh, particularly children.
2: Yes, and I absolutely love doing it. Um, so I'm an Usborne partner, as you said. So I sell books online on uh, social media, Facebook and Instagram, but you can also find me at the Cottage Market, which is actually happening this weekend Oh, fantastic.
0: I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. So that's kind of
2: what I do as my day job, but I can also work with um, schools and charities and organisations to help build up their libraries. And um, also I can do this, as I said, this fund uh, superpower is my... The fact that I can i am lo- lost words now. I had all of this out. I have notes. You're right. Okay. Anyway, I can fundraise for these organisations in order to get them loads of books without touching their budget. So the thing that I can do, if they place an order, depending on the amount that is placed, I can give a further 60% of that order in free books as well. Oh, wow. So with the likes of the Women's Refuge, a nice round number, so I don't have to do too many maths. If we raise a thousand euro, I can give them at least 1,600 euros worth in books. And I say at least because by the time we have added on any special offers or anything like that, it can bring it way up. So last year, I, say, I, I have 2,300 in my head, but yeah. I actually think it was, was above that by the time we were finished.
0: Wow, okay, so this is a fantastic way of giving back to, to, the, to the area uh, in, in terms of the children. Now, uh, one of these things that I mentioned in the, in the introduction there, you're very passionate about getting ha- uh, books into the children's hands and last Easter you did something really special for children and I remember mentioning it on the show on the, at that time. It worked really well.
2: Yeah, it was the look for a book. Um, so I got sponsorship from local businesses. Some of them were really generous. And again, using this discount and this um, these special offers that I can use, I was able to um, wrap and hide. I, I can't remember how many. I know it was well over 100 books anyway, and I was able to hide them around, draw down. I put it up on my social media. So that meant I went particularly for Easter on the second week of Easter because people are always looking for something to do on the second yeah. week of the, the break but you want something that isn't going to cost you any money and it's family time and you get out and you get um, a bit of fresh air and look at your surroundings and then, of course, the ultimate goal to have a book. And something, and I mean, kids were delighted. The the photos that I would send, the kids were absolutely beaming when they found yeah. them. I was delighted with it.
0: Yeah, it was such a lovely thing because, you know, they get so much eggs as well. So it was nice for them to, yeah. to hunt for something different. So you yeah. started fundraising for the this local cause, Close to Your Heart. Tell me about uh, this fundraiser, where the idea came from and why you decided to choose the Draw the Women and Children's Refuge.
2: Right, so as I said, as an organiser, I can do what's known as a community Book pledge. So, I mean, you could pick a hundred charities that are worthwhile. So you have to narrow it down, and obviously, um, children's books. So you're kind of looking for a, a charity that is involved with children. The thing that got me now, I did meet with um, Michelle from the Playroom Project, and I had a chat with her. And one of the things about the kids who come into the women's refuge. They, a lot of them just need to leave. They need yeah. to up and leave and they don't get to bring anything with them. So when they do arrive, it's just so nice to be able to hand them something that is theirs. And I mean, when I was growing up, saying that somebody was a good reader wasn't a thing. We just we just did. We just yeah. read. Like Books were everywhere. That same was as myself, yeah. Mm. Yeah, but I just remembered the comfort that I got and, and being able to go back to that same book time and time again. And if you're in a place uh, of security and you have a book to remember that place of security by, like I mean it is going to bring you, you comfort and of course just even promoting literacy but there's also mm. the the Playroom Project itself, the childcare facility that's there and all the children that come through there. A lot of the books that I sell help kids deal with difficult situations and um, there's a lot of um, mental health mental yeah. health help boots. And mindfulness and calming and just being able to get the kids to have the language to explain what they're going through. Or, you know, like you have kids as well. You know what it's like trying to get them to do something. They're not going to listen to you. But if a character in a book is doing it, they can relate to that and they're going to listen to that. Like there's so many aspects that it it just fits really well with the women's refuge. And of course, the fact that their budget is, you know. Could do it a lot of help. Yep. Let's
0: just say, yes, massively. They really, they really could do it an awful lot of help. And as you say, you know, you're when you're describing going back to books like Enid Blyton was the the ones for me. You yeah. know, getting transported into that world. You know, you're you're. It is. It's like getting a hug or like a comforting blanket around you. You're absolutely right. And as well as that, you know, they're always going to tre- treasure uh, the likes of these yeah. books as well. And and you know, they're going into this uh, situation without their own stuff. They've had to leave everything behind and and arrive on the doorstep of the, the, the Women and Children's Refuge. So this is really, really important for them. Um, so you're back fundraising again for this year. So you have yeah. set the target again for €1,000.
2: I have. Um. Again, people are just being hammered with everything these days. So I, I wanted <coughs> to go for something realistic but something that was still going to make a difference. And people have just been amazing. They really have, throughout the last year and this year as well, everybody wants to help, so I've been delighted and I'm also getting the help of St. Nicholas as as well I'm going to be doing one of the halftime raffles there, so that'll that'll help bulk it up. My target is a thousand, but I'm not going to stop at a thousand, Mm. (laughs) so I mean I'm not going to go, no no, those kids have enough books now, I'm going to keep going as far as I can, but obviously there is a time limit because the emphasis is on Christmas And we need to get everything organised. And the good thing about Books the Person, everything else I've said they're easy to store so you're yes, not getting course. in loads of big bulky things either so again it's it is a great fit but yes as, as if I can get as many books as possible I'll have those warm fuzzy feelings again.
0: Oh and I know it. last year it worked so so well I mean it's such a great idea and a great way to give support to this wonderful organisation I mean you must be thrilled with the reaction from last year and like you say you got the warm and fuzzies when when things oh, worked out. When you see kids it's I see it at the stall
2: every time when you see a child able to pick out their own book. And when I hear somebody isn't into books, they just have the wrong book. If you let a child pick one themselves and don't try to direct them and you see something that, you know, a book isn't just a story. There could be ones with facts and figures and, you know, subjects that a child is into and when you see the smile on their face and the happiness when they get a book that they want and that suits them, it's just you do feel like you have a superpower.
0: You totally do, you really do. Vicky, it's a lovely idea, a great way to to give back to the Dorada Women's and Children's Refuge. I wish you the very best of luck with this and thank you so much for joining me today to tell us all about it
2: thank you
0: so much for having me and you practice that parallel park now okay <laughs> <laughs> I will I will I promise I'll I see will. if there's a book on it <laughs> <laughs> oh thank you so much Vicky Gregory there if you want to support her any 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 donation big or small is going to really really help okay so if you go over to GoFundMe that's the website GoFundMe and if you just search for Us Born Books for Drahada Women's and Children's Refuge it'll bring you straight to it also keep an eye out on our social media I'm I'm going to post the link directly there a couple of euro anything at all and it would make such a massive difference just to remind people as well that the Drodd Cottage Market that Vicky and a host of amazing people from around this neck of the woods lay and Mead sellers, uh, will be there they're going to be at St Peter's Church of Ireland on Saturday morning okay they're normally there very early but around 11am it kind of kicks off there and uh, they're always there the first Saturday of the month and you can check out details as well on their Instagram and Facebook pages 11 to 1 with M, M, M. There's Lady Gaga, Paparazzi, and LMFMs, 11 to 1. LMFM Northeast Update with Senator Windows. Senator Windows products will help you create a secure, comfortable, energy efficient home you're proud of. Call 0818 774455. On this day in 1908, Henry Ford's first Ford Model T automobile leaves the plant in Detroit, Michigan. Wonder if he could parallel park, though. That's a question. And today is morning show host day. I yeah, uh, dedicated towards watching, no, no, listening and appreciating your morning talk show hosts. Uh, so forget the ones on television. It's all about the radio ones today. Morning show host day. LMFM Northeast Update with Senator Windows. Creating the perfect home is a journey. Let us guide you. Visit our Drogheda and Dundalk showrooms. Discover more at senatorwindows.ie. I think we've got time for this. We do before news. Here's Hot House Flowers for you. The There's Hot House Flowers. Don't go. We're not going anywhere. Still to come. There's a world record holder for parallel parking that I've just discovered. I kid you not. And October marks ADHD Awareness Month. I'm going to be chatting to professional ADHD coach Claire Toomey after news. Eleven to one. L-M do leap, ah, don't start now kicking off our second hour Sinead Brazel here with you till one how are you getting on you can get in touch 086 658 if you missed it earlier on I was talking about my hopeless parallel parking attempts I don't know what it is can't do it thanks be to the good lord Caroline Gregory is on my side. She says I'm exactly like you, hopeless at parallel parking. Tried it once and never again. I'm on my second ten-year la- license. I go for easy parking now. Caroline, myself and yourself are linked very much. So I am also on my second ten-year license, and it's just you know easier for me not to. Uh, for, for me and everybody else, if I just don't parallel park. So we're talking about this, you know. <laughs> I I call it when I can't adult. <laughs> These little scenarios that, that crop up. Parallel parking is one of them. Another one is, you know, the handheld tin openers. I can't do them either. I just can't. I'll just stab at a tin with a knife to open it. <laughs> hope I don't stab myself in the process. These are the kind of things that, you know, crop up for me. I can't adult. It's just, you know, happens. But back to the parallel parking, because somebody is a big show off. The tightest parallel park in history was achieved very recently in an electric car. Precision driver Paul Swift, oh yeah, his name's even Swift as well. Like, I mean, seriously. He made history when he parked into the tiniest space ever recorded. He only had three seconds to park in the space, which was created by too many Coopers parked parallel to the curb. I've seen him in action. Uh, mind blowing stuff Uh, he's a stunt driver at the British Motor Show and uh, he's broken these Guinness World Records one for parallel parking another one for doing donuts around a motorcycle so Paul Swift holds the Guinness World Record for the tightest parallel park in an electric car he's from Britain I wonder would he send me any tips or something I don't know but looking at him it's pretty amazing in fairness (laughs) what he can do but oh my god, I couldn't even attempt it. And the fact that, like, there's a, like, it's, it's, I know it's in a mini Cooper and everything, and he can get in there in between. I, like, no, it's just, it's not possible. But he's done it. Anyone else, like myself and Caroline, we can't be the only ones. Come on now. There has to be other people out there that can't parallel park, that just break into a sweat every time they try to attempt it. Get in touch. 86 658
2: The Buzz on LMFM Keep up to date with all the latest news and gossip on the LMFM
0: app Hi, I'm Louise. Scarlett Johansson has been talking about the Sing movies and how she hopes there'll be another one. She did a duet with Bono in Sing 2.
1: She was talking to Kelly Clarkson. Honestly, like for me, the greatest joy I have is doing all the Sing movies. I love you in Sing. Thank you. Yeah, they're just so much fun, and so hopefully there'll be another Sing movie that will come out, and I'll get to. Last time I got to partner with Bono, which was insane. It was ridiculous. Um, We got to do. Um, We did Stuck in a Moment. Oh, together, I know. Is, oh, yeah. I have children. We've seen, and honest to God, even if they
0: leave the room, I still watch it. Yeah. Yeah. Those, yeah. yeah. Those movies are really They're, good. they're for everybody. Yeah. They're such great
1: family movies. Yeah. But um, that would be like my next foray would be if we hopefully would ever do another Sing movie.
0: The family home of John Lennon has sold at auction for €350,000. The three bedroom semi-detached house in Liverpool saw the late Beatles star and his fellow bandmate Paul McCartney regularly rehearse there before they eventually found fame. The winning bidder lives in the UK and apparently purchased the property for their daughter who's a huge fan of the band. Anna Kendrick has opened up about a potential pitch perfect for the actress who's set to make her directorial debut with the dating game explained why she's open to doing a fourth installment in the franchise but isn't interested in directing it. I've really enjoyed the friendships that I have with the girls
2: and I think that trying to be in charge of them is not something that would benefit any of us. That's The Buzz. I'm Louise. The Buzz on LMFM. Keep up to date with all the
0: latest news and gossip on the LMFM app. There is a franchise pitch perfect that I've never seen. Just come to my attention there now. I'll have to rectify that. Anyway, back to the music. Here's Kylie. There's Kylie spinning around. She's probably talking about me trying to parallel park in that song, (laughs) I think. (laughs) Uh, I am spinning around, though, in my seat because a very special lady is joining me in studio. I feel like I've been on such a journey with this girl in the past two and a half years. We're going to be chatting to Claire Toomey. She's an ADHD professional coach. She's from Ashburn. We're going to be chatting all about ADHD just after these. 11 to 1. Face We met my next guest about two and a half years ago on this show when she shared her battle with long COVID and it is wonderful to have her sitting in studio with me now. She's here today to talk about ADHD, something she was diagnosed with in the last few years. Receiving the diagnosis was a long and difficult process but it has helped her to realise where her strengths lie and she's now Ireland's second ever professional ADHD coach. So she knows how her own brain works and is embracing who she is. Now she's working with people on a similar journey to help them overcome the challenges they face. Now, October marks ADHD Awareness Month, and Claire Timmy from Ashburn is with me to tell us more. How are you getting on? Hello Sinead. I was just thinking on the car and the way in here how so exciting it is to be able to actually come
1: in instead of being on the phone to you at home.
0: Uh, do you know what it's like? It's like a friend that I haven't yeah. seen in <laughs> ages has finally dropped in. I was so excited. I had to give you a big massive hug oh, when we yeah. met because we've been, a, we've been on a journey. We have really been on really a journey. A journey. Uh, so how are you getting on firstly with long Covid yeah. and all of that? How are you getting on?
1: Well great news. I finally got into a long Covid clinic in Beaumont so I now have a physio programme and there going to help me to get back to running and yoga and hiking so I feel like the battle over the last two years you know I'm finally seeing something you know positive come out of it that's amazing I definitely have noticed massive improvements and that's partly because I have pulled back from trying to get back to work and trying to get into services but also another positive thing happened I went and set up my own thing as you mentioned internal connections my ADHD coaching and sure that's after flying it's taken off so I'm Feeling very privileged, but still have to mind myself and pace the activities Um, and looking forward to getting back into fitness soon. So. Oh,
0: I know you really. That's been something that was the biggest yeah. hurdle for you. I know that. So, you know, I read your blog post about your own experiences mm-hmm. on the Internal Connections website. There was a lot of struggles, a lot of challenges uh, before your official diagnosis. But take me back to the start of this. Like, what did you always know something was kind of different even from, say, childhood? So, yes and no. Right. Like things didn't go as smoothly for me,
1: but I could never figure out why I, I just thought I was this clumsy person who just, you know, had really bad rotten luck all the time. And like in school, I did really well and I didn't do really well. Right. So academically and grades wise, I didn't. But sports wise, I did. So that's what and, and socially. So that's what carried me through. And it wasn't until I hit college, Sinead, where things kind of really fell apart and I had to drop out. And then I had done, my mental health had struggled a lot. And then I went into, um, I'd done a lot of counselling. and went in to see a psychiatrist and I was like, something is still not right. I've done all this work. I've made all this progress. I've made all these changes. And he said, had you ever thought about ADHD? Now, my, my mom had always thought about it, but she had been told, but Claire's not a boy and she's not hyper and she's not bold. So she was told, you know, don't be ridiculous, basically. So when he said it, we were like, oh, my God. So I went and got the assessment Um really thorough process but currently in Ireland it's really hard for people to get assessment at the moment. Some waiting lists are two years long. It's costly. So I, you know, my heart goes out to people who are waiting to, to hear at the moment but I was very fortunate I only waited a month or two got straight in and um, it was like a light bulb. It was like, okay, well now I know what it is, you know. And then when I did a bit more research started to, I'm laughing now, started to learn to understand why all those things were happening to me and why it was the way that I was. Like I always laugh about um, you know, when we were quite young, I think about 12 or 13. And we'd be hanging out in the summer streets, right, or mm. in the summertime on the streets. And we'd get bored. And I'd be like, one of my friends, Karina, you know, like, come on, let's go in and clean your room. And she'd be like, what? Like, she was really, really messy. And I was really, really organized and loved getting my teeth stuck into projects and setting systems up, you know. That's that's where I got my dopamine from, right? So the ADHD brain works with um inefficient levels of dopamine, serotonin and norepinephrine so the dopamine is responsible for motivation and pleasure. So we're, the ADHD brain is always seeking this, right? So okay. environments like workplaces or schools where we're expected to sit still for, you know, a set amount of time where there might be elements of tasks that aren't really challenging or stimulating, our brain is going to wander. So girls tend to be told that they're staring at the window or daydreaming or talking too much. Boys tend to act out because they're looking for stimulation or a reaction. So that's where that comes from.
0: That's really interesting because like you say you know we had this kind of notion that you know it was somebody that wasn't able to concentrate like that typically boys that were acting out and, and exhibiting this kind of different behaviour yeah. that was all boldness so thankfully things are moving a little bit further along uh, like I mean there's a lot of work still left yes. to be done with regards to this and it's it's around really and look primary school teachers particularly are mm-hmm. stretched to the limits so it's about kind of educating around this so ADHD Awareness Month is coming up next month tell me about this what it's all about and kind of what message do you want people to kind of take away from this okay so it started in 2014
1: and like America are you know flying so far ahead of us that's where I've done my training and stuff in terms of the information and the knowledge that they know and the way that they approach children or adults with ADHD um, here we're kind of limited to the system that we're in. You know, as you said, teachers are stretched, right? Resources are stretched. It's not the teachers' fault. It's the it's the resources, the training, and the systems that we're in. We're still in outdated systems that were built for the industrial revolution, right? And um, when we were planning to prepare people for a completely different style of life, right? So ADHD Awareness Month is about highlighting the actual. Understanding and truth of ADHD as we know it today, and of course celebrating it, right? Because people present differently, right? ADHDers are different. But I always say to my clients, why do we think we're all we were all supposed to have one type of brain and all supposed to do everything the exact same way in the exact same time? And and there's a lot of um like. Identity and belonging with that piece, right? So, what the organisers of ADHD Awareness Month are trying to do is rally around schools and services and professionals all over the world, right? So, ADHD Europe is leading massive events, and um, the ADHD UK Foundation, and they're coupling with our own here, ADHD Ireland. Excuse me. And they have an amazing three day conference planned with loads of fantastic speakers. And the whole aim is to educate people, but also create a sense of community, right? So this year's theme is called Understanding a Shared Experience. Okay. So they're trying to highlight that no two ADHD years are the same, right? And that sometimes prohibits people from going for diagnosis because they think, oh, well, I'm not hyper, so Mm -hmm. I can't be that. And that also causes doubt in people when they get their diagnosis or for going for it because they're like, oh, well, I don't tick all the boxes or I'm not what I think it should be. And um, also it's about encouraging people to realise how many ADHDers there are out there. Like Sinead, my whole job now is solely working with ADHDers. I meet ADHDers every day. I'm meeting new ADHDers every week. It's so prevalent. It's so widespread. And they're trying to normalise it, but also highlight the amazing elements and qualities that ADHDers have.
0: Yeah, because there's one thing that's on your Instagram and it's client quotes, which I love. And uh, there's one that says, um, you know, if if I didn't have ADHD, I'd lose my sparkle, which is really amazing because, you know, often when people have an ADHD or anything kind of like that, like a label uh, that's a bit scary, you know, it's kind of like all these negative connotations around it. So talk to me about the positives. What's great about an ADHD uh, brain?
1: God, where do I start? Um, (laughs) (laughs) And the reason why I love that you've brought that up and especially the client quote is because so much focus is on the negative. Right. We're always talking, particularly with children in schools, we're always talking about what they can't do, what grades they're not getting, how they can't be the same as everyone else. And that's limiting and um, dismissive. Right. So their self-esteem ends up getting affected like that. Right. But when we have key key interests or strong interests or passions, so like if someone's really interested in sport or, you know, um, Harry Potter or whatever it is, we have the ability to hyper focus. Right. To get things over the line. At very short deadlines so when there's high interest and challenge we're incredibly useful in crisis situations and times of stress right not when maybe not when it's ourselves right it's hard for us to be objective but when we see something else going on around us we're constantly problem solving looking for easier ways of doing it we can think outside the box right so we think this way whereas most people might think linear right um we, again, like I was saying earlier, there's no two ADHDs that are the same. So some ADHDs are incredibly organised and others aren't, right? But those who are organised are really good. I'm one of those people obsessed with coming up with systems and planners and structures and everything having a place and things like that. We're hugely creative, Sinead, right? Mm. Artistic. Um... Um, you know, beautifying things, specialising things, wanting things to have value and meaning, especially for the people that we love and care about. And we're hilarious, right? We do silly things. And, and when people start to understand their own ADHD, they can laugh at themselves, right? So you're, you're great entertainment, like in just the way that we think and the way that we see the world, right? And also, you know, there's a piece for me that I understand about around trauma, right? Mm-hmm. So trauma is, as Gabor Mate would explain it, what ha- not what happens to you, but how you feel about what happens to you, right? And if you think about the research that says that an ADHD at the age of 12 will have heard 20,000 more negative comments than than a neurotypical would that's going to impact people right but because then ADHDers are now coming especially those who get late diagnosed right in later life they have to go then and discover who they are discover how their brain works so they have this added extra um experience
0: of life that then helps other people Right. And this is where the coaching comes in. And I think that you've found your true calling because as we spoke about before, you know, you were in one course, you went into yeah. that and into and that was all part of your journey to get you through to this point. So internal connections, it's going so so well for you. Talk to me about, you know, the kinds of things that you do with, with uh the coaching with people yeah. without obviously giving too many yeah, details. Yeah, just in <laughs> a general kind of thing. And actually just to say for listeners, like when I first, that course that you mentioned that I first dropped
1: out of was psychology. So okay. I knew I wanted to work with people. But the route back then, it was difficult. But here I am, again, yeah. you know, like 10, 15 years later and I've come back full circle. So just to point out to people that Just because the path doesn't go smoothly or you don't get your first choice in the CAO or you you fail an exam, it doesn't mean that that's the end and that you still can't get there, right? Because there's one thing about ADHDers is they are incredibly resilient and perseverant. They never give up. (laughs) So in terms of what I do, it started off with coaching. So I was working with uh, clients one-on-one, right? So this was when I began kind of like Uh, in 2020 the end of 2020 and that moved into groups right so I also do group work because um it's expensive right and of course now with the budget talk today and and the cost of living that's that we've all been experiencing the last while people don't have extra you know money to be spending on things so you know what I do is It's all client-led, right? It's not about my goals or that I know what I'm doing or that I'm the guru, right? Because what works for me doesn't mean that it's the right thing for you to live your life or for anybody else, okay? So it's all client-led. And uh, we start off with an assessment session and we look at what their biggest challenges are. And then we go from there. We pick out, I'll help them to define what their goals are. And along the way, I'll challenge the crap out of them. And I say this (laughs) to every person I meet. I'm like, if you want to work with me, be ready for hard work and be ready for challenge. Because... I'm trained to not uh, to not tell them I'm trained to ask questions and I'm trained to see their strengths and their positive pieces. So we all have these um, negative limiting beliefs and this story that we're telling that we're not good at this or we're not able. And my job is to facilitate a space where we pull that apart and people can really see who they are, how their brain works and set up new strategies. Right. So like the current group that I have at the moment is a Leaving Cert group and they're okay. telling me I'm sitting down and I'm spending three hours staring at my books and nothing is going in and I'm like that's the way that a neurotypical should study okay. not you so let's go figure out how is the, what's the right way for you to study like maybe visual cues are yes. better that kind walking of thing. around your bedroom having yes. um, music on with no lyrics right studying something in 25 minutes and taking a break 25 minutes taking a break changing from subjects every 25 minutes you know sometimes we have this attitude that we should like, okay, so it's English. Um, I need to do a question on Yvonne Boland. So I need to learn her poem. I'm going to do all of that poem in one go. No, actually, why don't you do 25 minutes of that and then go to maths or then go to history, right? Exactly. So it's adding variety and keeping it kind of interesting for them.
0: And, and as part of this uh, Awareness Month for October, you have a whole host of different events going on. Uh, tell me though, because one <laughs> of the things, I was on the schedule and one of the things that caught my eye was body doubling. <laughs> what is body doubling all about? <laughs> okay, so it's, it's really cool actually. Like you'll probably hear, you probably would have heard
1: of virtual co-working, right? Yes. So it's essentially the same kind of idea, but it's for ADHDers, right? So the concept is based on that. If you have a boring task or a challenging task to do, it's going to be easier if you've got someone else to do it with you and this is useful for parents with their children in their homes right or even for students who are listening with with they're trying to study with their friends go to the library and get your friend to come with you and they'll do their work and you do theirs okay so um the start of the pandemic after the second lockdown i started doing this online and we would Book in, we would all come on Zoom and we would all bring our own tasks. I would manage the time. I would do a grounding and a, and a meditation at the start. We'd all have a bit of crack. We'd all go off and do, like some people did, walk their dog, put their kids to bed, finish their taxes, you know, wrote an essay. And then we come back and we tell each other how we got on. So there's also an accountability piece. Okay. Right? So you're more likely if you have to share with the yes. group, you're more likely to actually do yeah. the task. Because you told that. them yes. I'm I want to do this. And then you know, oh, that I have to then tell these people how I got on afterwards, right? Yes. So it's like, what's my progress? And it's not about pressure, it's about fun, right? And taking the the heaviness out of it. And some people will, will come back and be like, I didn't do anything in that. Yeah. I'm ridiculous. And I'm like, no you're here and you tried and let's try again in the next 25 minutes. You Because yeah. the thing what I always say to people, especially in coaching sessions, is you're unlearning everything that mm. a neurotypical or the system taught you. So that's going to take time, right? Like we never jumped up on a bike or a skateboard or rollerblades or learned how to play ga in a few hours,
0: yeah. right? It takes time. And this is, as you say, undoing learned yes. behaviour completely, yeah. And there's a workshop, you mentioned parents, there's mm-hmm. a workshop that parents are going to find really useful as well, yeah. all, all on ADHD that people can, is it a log on uh, onto online or is it in yeah. person? so it's not in person, it's online because I'm trying to do a mix of both because yes. I, as
1: we've said, the in-person piece is so important. But um, when I do things online, it means I can reach people all over Ireland mm-hmm. and they're not worrying about getting in their car and coming to me from Donegal or Kerry, you know. But there is great, I've, I've run a few workshops now and they're great because they're little snippets. They're not as expensive and you're still getting to meet like the parents coming in will meet other parents of other ADHDers and they'll be like, oh my God, this is normal. This is what happens in other people's household. And here's how my child's brain works.
0: Oh my God, I never knew that. You know, and that's a, it's the connectiveness is so yes. important. And one thing that's really important about this as well is the voices of different ADHDers oh, yes. are going to share their sparkle <laughs> via your blog. Isn't that right? <laughs> exactly. I love the way you put on. I'm going to use that now and add
1: it into the and <laughs> um, Yeah, I'm very excited about this, right? So we were thinking along the t- the, the theme, as I said, for this year's understanding a shared experience. And even though I still have people coming to me one-on-one or in groups, they're still feeling isolated. And I wanted to give these people a voice because some of my clients are, are, are participating, some people are not clients, but they've done so much work on themselves and they know who they are and they're realising their strengths and I want them to see oh there's loads of others just like me and I want readers to see about all of their wins and their strengths and their accomplishments even though maybe the journey was a bit bumpy for a part of their life that they're still very successful they're still holding down jobs or maybe they lost jobs and changed careers right so it's about highlighting people's lives and also
0: the Irish community, right? We're not talking about it enough. No, we're not at all. No. Yeah, we're really not. I think that's fantastic to do that and it's going to it's gonna be so much more powerful coming from them that exactly. we can read this each day and and, yeah. and kind of go, oh, that's what it's like or whatever. Yeah. So if there was one thing that you would love us to kind of really take on board with regards to ADHD, ADHD Awareness Month, what would you like that to be?
1: So for an ADHDer or a parent of an ADHDer, I'd love them to know that it's not something that has to hold you back right there are um like if you follow me on instagram i'm going to be featuring a whole lot of celebrities and successful people through the whole month of october it is not it's actually something if you um learn what it is and start to work alongside the brain that you have it'll push you further for different reasons because you're working to your strengths and for anyone else who doesn't have adhd what i'd love them to learn is that it's not a label it's an explanation and it's something to be um, in awe of, right? And there's qualities um, to to admire and to look to, so.
0: Absolutely. Okay. Claire. I have no doubt that you're going to do that and continue the great work that you're doing with people who are trying to co- oh, kind of come, come to terms with their diagnosis and recognise that sparkle that we've talked yeah. about. The best of luck with it. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much, Sinead. Uh, Claire, you can find more information on our internalconnections.ie. That's the main website. You'll also find her on Facebook, Instagram and LinkedIn as well. 11 to 1. L-M couple of birthday requests to get through here. I want to wish Karen Maloney, she's in Wicklow, a very happy birthday today. That's best wishes coming in from your mum Sheila in Julianstown. Also Jackie, Barry and Patrice. Hope you're having a fantastic day, Karen. And also, Sinead, would you please wish our good friend Brege wall from Wilkins Town a very happy birthday. She was another year older yesterday. She's a great lady. Always has the kettle on. Tell her we'll see her tomorrow. Cheers. That's coming in from Ian, Jack and Leo. Well, if that's a good friend. Somebody that all. Has the kettle on. Love that, bridge and Karen. Hope you're having fantastic birthdays. Earl and LMFM is 11 to 1. LMFM job search with thanks to LMFM online. Check out the latest Northeast news, sport, and entertainment on LMFM.ie. Darver Castle have the following full time vacancies available housekeeping manager and a bar manager. To apply, please email accounts at darvercastle.ie. An experienced childminder is required for two children aged one and two years of age in the Minder's own home in the North Drogheda area. Please text only if you're interested in this position. The number is 086 0732 972. And don't forget, all of the details of those jobs can be found on our local job section, lmfm.ie. LMFM Job Search. Just want to let people know there's a missing miniature Pomeranian dog from Breglone, Maharcloon area since Saturday evening. She's wearing a wine collar. So, if anyone has seen this dog, can you contact us here on 041 983 2000. So, around the Maharcloon area, a mi- miniature Pomeranian, and the, there's a little wine collar on the dog. So, if you've spotted it, do let us know. 041 983 2000. 11 to 1. Oh, Getting back to some messages on 086-1800-658. I can't parallel park either, but I thought myself to reverse into a space. Just can't parallel park, says Nula. Yeah, I can reverse into the space all right, but it's the rest of it. Declan and Slane is losing the will to live. He says the majority of the show was devoted to talking about parallel parking. Now, are you losing the will to live because you can't parallel park or you can parallel park really well and that's why you're fed up with me talking about it. Declan... Come on now, you mustn't have been listening to this show, majority of it. Anyway, look, it's all about me when it comes to the show (laughs) and I've found something that you're going to love, Declan. You're going to love this, OK, because there is a name for people who experience stress and anxiety when it comes to parallel parking, parallelophobia. Oh yeah, I haven't made this up. I found it online (laughs) and apparently uh, a thousand people were surveyed over parallel parking and nearly half of the people surveyed, 49%, have parallelophobia or the fear of parallel parking. The most common fear drivers have when they are parallel parking is holding up traffic. Yeah, 24% of us. Followed by... 21% uh, fearing hitting another car. That is high on the list. Of those who drive only half, so 53% feel very confident in their parallel parking skills. So whether it's a product of reliving trauma from a failed driver's licence exam or a lack of real world practice, but 49% of drivers reported some degree of fear of parallel parking. This is a survey that was taken out with a thousand drivers. So there you go. There's a name for what I have. Parallelophobia. So you know, if you know, if you're ever in a stress stressful situation and you can't park, you can just blame it on that. You know, <laughs> thank you for your company as always today. Time for me to say goodbye. I'll leave you with Justin Timberlake. Have a great day. LMFM Podcasts with CNC Carpets. We bring the showroom to you, or book a new showroom appointment on oh eight seven six sixty forty two thirty seven.